This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. I was joined by 13 million of my best friends in watching the United States take on Netherlands in the knockout round of the World Cup. It didn't go well, but boy, it could have been different early. Christian Pulisic, not gifted a chance, a beautiful uh, ball headed in by Tyler Adams, gave him a great opportunity, but the Dutch keeper, who's about 47 feet tall, and he's like a building. Only. It's like 6'8". Wow. Ridiculous. And uh, he made a great save, and seven minutes later, it was one nothing Netherlands. Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News joining us now on the Adam Gold Show at TSN. Mike on Twitter. All right, sir. Where did it go wrong? 3-1 Netherlands. Well, I think it, 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 it started to go wrong right where you said. I mean, if you... you technically could say it went wrong with the idea of putting Jesus Ferreira in the starting lineup. And the reason for that, <laughs> right. I mean, there's a logic behind me saying that because what that, what that, that decision demanded absolute perfection. And I don't mean just from Jesus. I mean, from the whole circumstance, I mean, you couldn't have bad luck or bad, a bad play. Like as soon as you go down one, nothing, he's useless. I mean, in, in, in you know, in, in a regular game against Canada, maybe not, but against Netherlands, he's not scoring, and he's not, and you're not, you know, going to be as effective in the press when you're down one nothing because that, you know, if they get in trouble, they're just going to play it long. They don't care. They got a lead. Right. So it just changes the chemistry of everything when you go down. So it was a mistake to start him against uh, against a team of that quality uh, against a defender like Virgil Van Dyke. It, it didn't make sense. And I understand they didn't have Josh Sargent. So your mm-hmm. next best, and, and that Haji Wright had not played well, uh, especially in the in the prior game, the Iran game. So right. your, your best solution at that point was, okay, we don't have the setup we want, so let's just get our best guys on the field. And and, and either put Gio Reyna in the middle as the false nine or put Tim Weah and then move Reyna to the right. And that was, those were the two choices. And he chose the bad one. He chose to go with Jesus. And then, you know, they just made some bad decisions and I think they were tired Adam. I agree. I mean, Tyler Adams didn't even run on that play. And that's just mm-hmm. like totally antithetical to who he is as an athlete and as a competitor. Yeah. He, um, he, he was, he was caught pressing up. And then when Memphis to pay took off, uh, he was not, he could not catch up, and uh, he probably didn't have it in him to catch up. And maybe Yunus Musa was supposed to pick the man up, but that didn't happen either. Uh, you've heard, we've, we've all heard coaches say this. The first thing that goes when you are tired is your, is your thinking. Uh, and maybe they were just at that point, they were, they had to be gassed. And really, we can, we can fold this back to the previous three games. And the World Cup is such a condensed format that Adams, Musa didn't, and McKinney didn't, but Adams played every second of the first three games. Uh, and they had no other options in the midfield. Luca De La Torre, who is probably a good midfielder, but not a, not a replacement for Tyler Adams, um, he never played. Now, I know he was injured before the World Cup, but he was on the roster. He never featured. We only saw Kellen Acosta at the end of games to help see see it out or get I don't know provide something. But 
There were no midfield options for them. There's also no option for Anthony Robinson, who saved his, I hate to say it, worst for last, because uh, he wasn't good against the Netherlands either. And I love Anthony Robinson. Jedi's excellent, but, I mean, he wasn't great either the last couple of matches. Yeah, I, I think it. what it comes down to, I mean, they could have played Brendan Aronson in Wesson McKinney's position if they if they thought that that would be a, an upgrade or, or a, you know, an upgrade with a tired Weston or something right. like that. Uh, but that was their only option, really. And yeah, they were so built on that midfield, the MMA mm-hmm. mid- midfield, yeah. that Gareth Southgate even talked about how really difficult it was to play through those guys. And so he tried to continue to ride that. And, you know, let's not forget that, you know, that midfield is built to, to be a wall defensively. There's no great creator among the three of them. They, they have great energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weston can get into the box and score on occasion. It didn't happen in this World Cup, but he has. Uh, Musa is totally a ball possessor. He's, at this point, he's not a great creator. He's, you know, he's not a great defender. He, but you get him the ball and you're not getting it away from him. And that's what he does. So that's why they were so good in games one, two, and three. Right. And one, when they fell down, again, that, that, that was part of it. But two, I mean, if you looked at it, I mean, who got a ball through the midfield at all against them in the first three games? It never happened. Right. Iran couldn't, Wales couldn't, even England with Bellingham out there yep. couldn't do it. But they, you know, tenth minute, boom, it goes right through the middle. I mean, it was totally, again, it was totally uh, uh, antithetical to who they were as a team. And so it's just, it, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, this is where the program is, and people want it to be better. They want it to be magic, and but this is where it is, and this is part of having. What I, I wanted to write about this but never got the opportunity, the lost generation between Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, Clint Dempsey, that group, and this group, the ones we have now, Pulisic, McKenney, Adams, et cetera, there was nothing. I mean, there was nothing. Right. There were no players that were helpful in a World Cup scenario. There were some solid MLS guys <laughs> who, could, you know, who, who were good, solid players um, like uh, maybe a Sebastian Legette or somebody like that, right. but there was n- there were no World Cup level players, and that's that's why we didn't qualify in 2018, and that's why I tried to tell people this team wasn't ready to be great. I don't care how many guys, you know, yeah, I do care how many. If you got 20 playing <laughs> at the at the Chelsea uh, Inter level or whatever, okay, but we have like seven or ten. Yeah, it's not the same. I, I I 100% agree, uh, and it gets me to – I have two more questions about this. Going forward, uh, as a uh, as a fan of teams that have not been good, uh, no, they're better. I'm Like, as a Mets fan, when you're going through a time where, all right, we stink, so here's what I'm going to do. This is how I will make this interesting. Let's see who I can, who I can identify that will be part of the future success. And I don't think the United States stinks. I think they're one of the top 16 countries in the world playing soccer. I, I believe this is where they belonged. Uh, I'm glad they got through because anything short of that was a failure. So I consider this World Cup a success. They played the number nine team uh, in the world in the FIFA rankings and one that had maybe the easiest group to negotiate. 
Uh, Senegal without uh, Sadio Mane was not going to be that much of a threat. Qatar is terrible. So it was, they had the easier group. They were fresher when when they got there. How many of this group, the core players of this group, can you say four years from now, they're going to be in our top 11? Well, I, I think it's really a better question. How many won't? I mean, because we just take out the central defense. Uh, Walker Zimmerman's 30, uh, 20, 29 years old, I think. I mean, at 33, one would hope right. he would have uh, younger, fresher players. Uh, Tim Ream, of course, is is too old. <laughs> My favorite uh, player at this for, World Cup, Tim he Ream. He terrific. He did a great job. Yeah. He really did. He had a, he had a shaky game four as well. He, he, yeah. Turnovers that he had never imagined in the first three games. <laughs> um, but did a great job. But he won't be there. No. But everybody else, I mean, who else? You're not going to throw any of those guys aside. They're all like 22 years old. The whole team. They're all right in the the prime of their or on their way to the prime of their careers. In, in 2026, you. This is why it's promising for 26 beyond just it's being here, which is a help. But you have this whole core group that will now have been in in, in a World Cup, and then you have the next generation, and hopefully. In that group, there are some significant players, especially in central defense, or the ones who missed this one, particularly Chris Richards, maybe Miles Robinson. Yeah, uh, He'll be around 29 by then, so uh, I'm not sure, but definitely Chris Richards could be. Uh, so the guy, the, the, those are the guys that I think will, will make the difference. It, it, for me, what turns this team from a round of 16 team into a team that's a serious threat to, to, to get to the semifinals or something like that and see how it goes is this next group. The, the guys that are 18, 20, 21 now that played, you know, that, that qualified the U.S. for the Olympics and the U-20 mm-hmm. World Cup next year, the Olympics in 24, how good are they? How good can they be? How much can they help? If, they, if they're special, then then it, it can be a great team in 26. And maybe finding somebody who will play uh, Gio Reyna. Look, he's playing. I, I realize maybe he wasn't 100% fit. I don't know the, the issue. But if he put him on to start the second half, then he probably should have put him on to start the game. Um, yes. But, you know, even but when he came on, I just thought he was he was okay. I didn't think he, I didn't think anybody was great in the game, and that might have been just situation. Uh, so I'm not basically looking at Gio and say, well, maybe he's not that good. Um, I think he's a wonderful player, and he's playing Champions League matches for Dortmund. So um, if you can play in that tournament, which is I think a probably a better brand of a higher caliber of soccer, maybe not quite the pressure that a World Cup is, depending on the country, then you probably should be on the field. Uh, for this, is Greg Berhalter the right guy to take them to the next level, or did he do his job and they should find somebody else? Well, one, he did his job for sure. Yeah, I was, I've been thinking a lot about this. Uh, multi-cycle World Cup coaches often don't work out well, but is that just you know is that just one of those things people say because you know because you you have the obvious examples when it hasn't worked. I mean, England and France will play Saturday in a quarterfinal. That's a Titanic showdown. And both of them in a, quarter, in a quarterfinal game are on multi-cycle coaches. Uh, not, they, they chose to stay with the coach. And, and Gareth Southgate, at this point, this is his record under right. of the last three tournaments. Semifinals at the World Cup, final at Euro 2020, and now he's in the quarters here. So, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know that you necessarily have to change. 
I know that the, the, the negativity around Greg is really toxic and yeah. I'm not, you know, I, and, and I, I, I'd really like to see that shut down. And what bothered me was that there's so much of it. That's all I felt uh, through my meet through media, um, the social media in particular, after they qualified for the round of 16 and it like he did exactly everything you could have wanted him to do. And they're still critical. So that's a problem. But honestly, I thought about this and this morning. I came up with this. I would ask two people and I know this sounds weird, but I would ask two people. I would ask Christian Pulisic and Tyler Adams, team captain, team star. Right. Is he the right guy? You guys have both played for other coaches around the world. You know, are we tactically sound enough, fit enough? Uh, because he's got, you know, and, and that's the question because he's created a great atmosphere. And what people who think they know sports don't understand at all is how building a culture is the mm-hmm. single most important thing a coach does. Not throwing the challenge flag or calling <laughs> timeout. Or, the number one thing is how do you build a culture? Do the players want to be there? Do they want to play for each other? Do they want to play for you? And do they want to play for your organization, which in this case is the United States? That's the number one thing that any coach does. And it's it's completely misunderstood by the public. The public thinks it's all tactics and strategy. Mm-hmm. That stuff is essential. But there aren't that big of differences between the various coaches. You know, the very best of the best, a Pep Guardiola or somebody like that or, or Klopp or somebody. Okay, yeah. But you get down to where Greg is and it's, you know, there's a lot of similarity. And so it comes down to do the players want to play for you? And and that and that I think that's that's a no doubter at this point. But do they think do those guys in particular think that we need a change of direction to move forward? And if they said yes, then I'd do it mm-hmm. because they're going to be there in four years as long as they're healthy. No question. Uh, so I would want to know what they think. Before we let you go, uh, I was actually listening to Grant Wall's podcast today, which I, I, don't, I don't know if you you're a listener, but I do yes. religiously and. Um, Grant said on the the postmortem that in 2015 Pep Guardiola basically had conversations and was interested in the job of uh, coaching the men's national team for the United States. He took a year off. He was living in New York, and he thought maybe maybe that's it. I don't think they're getting Pep now. Uh, but that's <laughs> no. a, that's another story altogether. Uh, Mike DeCourcy at TSN Mike on Twitter from the Sporting News. I appreciate your time, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Adam. You got it. Mike DeCorsi of the Sporting News. Look, I loved it. I was in. Yeah. And when Pulisic didn't score. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. i got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. And good save. Could he have done more with it? Yes. I don't think he realized he had a probably another, another half second to kind of look and see what he could do. He could have just chipped and and beaten or just elevated it a little bit more. And it's a goal and it's one nothing U.S., and that's a different game at that point. Yeah. 
and then uh, seven minutes later, it's behind Matt Turner. And there's a, a DePay at the top of the 18, a pass back across. The goal right before the end of the half was a gut punch. Mm. Uh, and then after they lucked into a goal, you get the momentum and maybe you can force the issue a little bit. Like, what was four minutes later, three minutes later? Boop, 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 goal. Yeah, that's so tough. That's that. Yeah. The Netherlands was clinical. Mm. Absolutely clinical. That's where that's where we are lacking. Our ability to to create possession, create chances from the possession, and then finishing those chances. That's where we lack. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. 